Let the admonishing commence. This podcast is produced by medical professionals who also have type 1 diabetes. First and foremost, we are two type 1s trying to spread the word about life with diabetes. Please don't go off and do anything we discuss without first talking to your own diabetes care provider. Because it works for us doesn't mean it'll work for you. Sometimes it doesn't even work for us. You have been duly admonished. Now sit right back and you'll hear a tale, a tale of a fateful trip. Oh, wait, wrong story. How about we just get comfortable and enjoy the ride? You're listening to part two of our three-part discussion about Tim and Tisha's camp experiences. Our story continues. Um, so, I never had anything extreme happen at my camps. Like that, anyway. Well, that's good. Because it makes it miserable for the other kids. Like, it does. You know, the other kids don't know how to deal with that. Because, you know, the rest of the kids there want it to be there. Yeah, um, they're excited to go. They want to share this experience. Yeah, and, and even for the inner city kids, they want it to be there because they weren't in the city. Um, you know, and, and in Baltimore City even, I mean, today, um, coming out to the county saves you from getting shot plain and simple um as a bystander you know i mean you can be in your living room and get shot um and you know so that was those kids loved it and and the food was relatively good um we had some great cooks and um and a lot of fun and so they they um you know they made friends and and you know some of them lifelong friends my first real girlfriend came from camp um, and it just so happened she lived three miles away from me um, and, and that was cool so once camp ended I actually had a girlfriend yeah <laughs> I say that like it wouldn't have happened any other way but um, you know it was cool to to have somebody to share that experience with and she had been diabetic for a couple of years prior to my diagnosis and so she um, she had some experience well she had some experiences, that's for certain. Um, she wasn't a good diabetic. Um, yeah. So she was rebellious. Well, and, I mean. Um, you know, I, I tried my best to be a good diabetic. Um, I didn't like, you know, the and JDRF, I like you now, so please don't be offended by this. But back in the early 80s, your message was children are dying from diabetes. And so you need to give money so that we can do research. And, you know, they're losing limbs and they're losing their eyes and they're losing their kidneys. And That's extreme. Um, yeah, it was very extreme. Um, and so it worked. I didn't really want to not behave, mm-hmm. not do the things I was supposed to do. And we really had, you know, it was, it, was, it was pretty tight, actually, because the therapies weren't as advanced as they are now. You know, you really had to follow that diet. And if you didn't follow the diet, then your blood sugars went up and there was nothing you could do about it. They were just up. Yeah. Um, and you were testing your urine. So your urine is still a half an hour old. And That's a lot of responsibility for a kid. Uh, I mean, yeah. If I was in her shoes, too, I probably wouldn't have done it. I mean, now I'm not the best diabetic, not the worst diabetic. I'm okay. You manage. I manage. Yeah. Um, not over the hills extremely super careful i mean i do take better care now but if i had to test my pee to test do my blood sugar yeah yeah i'd be in the hospital a lot more that, that's how we did it and then you know and even testing your pee wasn't accurate it was a range so if you got 
um, I can't remember the colors now, but orange, orange was the, the oh shit color. <laughs> okay. Uh, that was like 500. Um, so by the time you test your pee and you're waiting for the results to come, it's already higher than. Well, no, the results were almost instant. I mean, you, you put your 10 drops of urine yeah. in and how many drops of water, and then you drop this little tablet in and within 10 seconds, it's bubbled up. And, um, like I said, you only touch the bottom once. Because uh, it's a thermo reaction, oh. um, and it burns. It will give you a second degree burn. Um, oh. So, um, which is one of the reasons they stopped making Dang. it a consumer product. <laughs> um, although they did have a little holder and thing, but you know, diabetics were kind of rogue, and you want to hold it up and watch. Yeah. Uh, instead of putting it in the holder and letting it do its thing, um, so. It still wasn't accurate because it was a half an hour old. Mm-hmm. And so if it said it was 500, it could be 600. Yeah. At that moment. Um, and Or, you know, it said that it's 100. Well, does that mean it's 150? Could be 90? Um, you know, you, you, you don't know because it was just a color. You had to match the color. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they, um, they came up with a, a color, graduated color wheel, which helped. Yeah. Um, uh, and they did the same thing with the strips, too. Uh, so before the meters were reading them, we could test on blood strips, and then you had to test it test it on the bottle, check the colors on the bottle. Um, but they, they came up with a color wheel that had better gradations of, or gradations of colors, and that mm-hmm. gave you a better idea of it. But at least you were testing blood sugar, and that was what it was at that second Okay. Uh, versus urine. Uh, and that changed a lot um, for camp, you know, because we're, as as the nurse coming in, um, so the, I'll tell you how camp worked in the back end. Um, at night, we would, the medical team and the head counselors would all come together and talk about every kid. We would do grand rounds on every kid uh, and look at their blood sugar or their their results. Yeah. Um, throughout the day and we look at the activities and we look at what activities they had scheduled for the next day um, and we would adjust their insulins uh, and then um, no, you guys do a lot behind the scenes yeah I mean this is happening at like 10 o'clock at night um, and so we would do all that and then come the morning when we'd go into the cabins and get that morning's results mm-hmm. we could adjust it again so if you um woke up low or lower than we liked uh, or high. We woke up higher than yeah. we thought was acceptable. We could adjust what the medical team had decided the night before um, to give you. Um, and then, you know, we were talking about the kids giving their shots the first time. Mm-hmm. So we still had, a, you know, a good number of kids, you know, two or three maybe in a cabin who had never given their shot and they didn't want to give it. Um, and so we would, do that or the counselor would do it you know we the the nurses always oversaw what you were doing what you were doing and so for the kids that were capable of giving their insulins we still checked you know we'd say okay well you need you need to take 10 units of n and three units and of then you R. have to go show the nurse that's there and then and they'd come sure back and units. show us and we say okay do it uh, make sure there's no bubbles in anything and um and then they would go do it and then life would start uh, and they would go out into, we, we called it the grove. It was kind of the playground, but it was under the trees and things. Um, and they would go and play until breakfast or lunch or whatever. Um, and then head to breakfast. Yep. Um, and then every cabin. I always loved the breakfast bar. 
We didn't have a breakfast bar. We had like five different cereals. <laughs> yeah, we didn't have that. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. We didn't have that. It was pretty structured <laughs> for us. And we had fruit, so you got to choose your cereal and your fruit. And, and so did you have a um, cabin of the day? Yes, we had a cabin of the day. We had a spirit stick. Did Did you have a cabin <laughs> of the day at camp? No, what's that? You didn't have a spirit stick? No. We <gasps> didn't have a spirit stick either. We just had a cabin of the day. <laughs> it's the best cabin that gets stick? like, you make okay. sure they ha- we had cabin checks. So we had to go make sure like our beds were made. Everything right. was put away. Um, we had all that. Um, and then... You, if you had somebody like give themselves a shot, you got extra points for their first time. Or that's cute. Yeah, it was kind of like so where the idea of Harry Potter came from. <laughs> there you go. From diabetes. <laughs> yes. J.K. Rowling was involved in the British Diabetes Association. Nice. Um, My mind is kind of blown by like the idea of something like this that uh, a you don't have to pay for, where you learn an actual skill where people go to learn an actual legit skill that they will need. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. that's the coolest thing. Yeah, And so rare, you know. God, It's It's not as rare as you think, actually. Yeah, Yeah. no, it's not. It's not as rare as you think. Um, So there was a neat thing about Glendon, because they owned the property, and it was a camp. Uh Um, They rented it out to other organizations, like the Multiple Sclerosis Society and the um, uh, Muscular Dystrophy Society and Cerebral Palsy would come and hold their summer camps there um, because it met all the qualifications. Um, and so, you know, there, there are camps. If you have some kind of chronic illness or debilitating illness, there are camps for those kids. That's awesome. Yeah, it is really cool. Um, so for our, our bunk of the day, um, they were responsible for, um, setting up the dining hall. So they get there early and put the plates out and everything and make sure that, um, the, that meal was posted. You know, the dietitians would put, just put it all out, and they would hang everything up. And, um, and then they um, would introduce the meal, tell people what it was, and they would also be um, uh, required to sing a song. Oh, yeah, we had to sing a song, too, our camps of the day. Yeah, so before we could eat, they had to sing a song, and it was their choice, and sometimes they, they were funny songs. Sometimes they did, like, Top 40, and, you know, it de- just depended on who the kids were in the cabin, and... Depends um, on what words they would you knew. Sing like a whole top forty song in yeah. front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Do a little choreography and yeah. It's like a camp tradition. Yeah, it was just tradition. You knew That's you had hilarious. to do it. Um, and so like they look forward to it. You would prepare to, to go because you knew it was coming up, so you would write down <laughs> songs. Yeah. Because you were prepared for this camp of the day. That sounds so right. embarrassing, though. Right. But it's it. not because everybody's <laughs> doing it. Everybody's doing it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh. your camp counselors have mm-hmm. to do it with you because right. they're part of the cabin. Right. The counselors have nice. to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after breakfast, you would go back and clean your bunk. Yes. Uh, and there was a, a strict order of what had to be done. You know, there was no half-assing anything. Um, yeah, we even had, like, nap time in the middle of the day. We had nap time. I love nap time. It was a favorite time of the day. Nap time was wonderful. Um, you know, um... And then you would be off to, once you got the cabin clean, then you went out to the grove. If you were lucky, you got it cleaned early enough. You know, just imagine mopping wooden floors. But you had to do it, you know, and you had to keep we the spiders out. And futility. Well, we swept and then we mopped. Um, and, of course, if it got, you know, if it rained, and it, it sometimes it rained buckets, you know, it would be torrential. Oh, I hate when people come in with their muddy shoes. Then, yeah, that was. We had to clean that <laughs> Right. So the next day you would have to mop and uh, take care of that. And that was always fun. 
Um, but then you'd go out and wait till activities started, and then you would all go up. So we had a, um, a basketball court, tennis court thing, and the whole camp would come up, and um, we'd do the Pledge of Allegiance and um, mm-hmm. sing the camp song. And, and then, then you'd line up and you'd look like a fire drill at school. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Everybody in their different lines ready to go to, to right, their activities. To their activities, yeah. You know, archery here, crouch and crafts here. Hiking here. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. And then you would head off. And, yep. you know, for the next two hours, you would be doing your activity. And then sometime after that, there would be an education session. Mm-hmm. You know, they would come back from activity and you would go into the dining hall where it was air conditioned. Um, or down to the pavilion, depending on how it was, what, what the temperature was like and things. Um, and learn or they'd have a guest speaker somebody with diabetes that had been successful yeah that's cool uh, would come in um, or somebody that had complications just to show you uh, and then they would yeah, do that they it's would, real like it yeah really it was happens. real um and that was that but they were positive about it like yeah i have complications you know i lost my i lost my kidneys whatever but it hasn't stopped me um, i still function and live every day i don't mope on the couch right like right right exactly um, and we had I'm a big advocate for not using diabetes as an excuse. No, you only mope on the couch when your blood sugar is 600. Yeah, and I can't <laughs> comprehend anything. <laughs> Apparently, I told the hospital I didn't have insurance and got this big old bill today. Knees. Oh, my so God. Knees. Oh, my God. At least that's you, fixable, like you though. You had insurance, but, the, but you told them that Apparently, you Apparently, I don't remember, but yes. That's gnarly. So I have to go deal with that What's at insurance? some point this week. Neat, neat. Oh I mean, my God. that's really cool. Um, so, uh, we had one counselor. Uh, she was great. I loved Lisa. She was cool. She is no longer with us. Diabetes took her away. Um, but she had um, necrobiosis diabeticorum. What's that? Um, it's sounds great. It doesn't sound great. No, um, it's a skin condition of your shin. Oh. Um, uh, it be it it's it's nasty. Necrochirosis. Sorry, I'm breaking ne- it up in my science words. Right. Necrobiosis diabeticorum. Oh. Um. So it it basically kills the yeah. tissue there. Uh, makes it tissue paper tissue thin. It um, just so completely takes away your tissue. Yeah. And so she would um have to wear um shin guards, soccer shin guards, just to protect their shins from getting banged up. Oh. Um. But she was cool, and it, she didn't let it stop her. Um, and she would just go out and do. You know, she was Lisa was probably in her twenties, was a counselor. Um, but you know, she was active and did her thing, and um, would tell anybody about it if they asked. Uh, but it wasn't fixable. But yeah. it was from the diabetes. Um, so there are some skin conditions that mm-hmm. happened, and that one's a serious one. Um, you know, so, uh, but the kids got to see that, and and they all loved Lisa. She was great. Um, and, uh, you know, that was the neat thing about camp is that you had that family. Camp yeah. was a family. Did you did you guys give out rewards? How do you mean? I don't know. Like for people who gave their first shot, did you give them gifts like a certificate? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So people who inserted their first pump. Yeah, we didn't have pumps. We just had the needle thing. Oh, yeah. I uh. forgot. <laughs> Um, yeah, Sorry, we would. Guys. So at, in the in the morning when we go up and gather at the flagpole, mm-hmm. um, they would announce so and so gave their first shot today, and they would get a certificate, and you know, of course, everybody would be thrilled and clapping and cheering and all that. Um, and um, when the entire camp gave their shot, the camp flag went up. 
So the camp flag did not go up until everybody had given their shots. And usually close to the end. We never, I don't think we ever went all the way to the end where everybody did it. Um, because you also had peer pressure. You had all these kids around you doing it. Yeah, you don't want to be the last one. It, right. But it's not exactly. like a bad peer pressure. Either. No, 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 it's no, like it's not. Good, but I don't want people to hear the word yeah. peer pressure and they're like, yeah. oh, you get pressured like, at camp? No, it's a... Not a bad peer pressure. It's like a supportive it's, peer if pressure. If they can do it, supportive. I can do it. Yeah. You know. And you see them giving their shots in their legs, in their arms, in their abdomen, and the big one in is their the lower abdomen. back. It's because the abdomen um, hurts the first yeah. time you do it. Um, and I can't tell you how many times I chicken pecked. So chicken pecking is exactly what it's like. And, you're and like, you do it, and uh, you make sure you don't find the uh, Yeah, and you're like, uh, and you've, you've stuck yourself like 10 times before. It's like you're giving yourself a tattoo with no ink. Right. And then all of a sudden it's like, okay, in. And then after you do that, you're like, oh, well, why did I do, why was I yeah. chicken pecking? Wow. Just stick it in. Mm-hmm. Boom. Done. Um, it took me longer to do it than it did to actually inject myself. Exactly. exactly. I remember my first shot. It was in my arm. Yeah, my first shot was in my arm, too. Because we had talked about that, doing the oh, yeah. roll. Yeah, you have to put yeah, your Yeah, the knee up. roll or the door roll. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, my first one was, because that's the easiest one to do outside of the abdomen, and they don't teach you the abdomen because it hurts. Yeah. You know, that's just very tender skin. Um, now you were lucky. Insulin syringes were little when you were. Well, I got those. to choose that size. I didn't have a choice. My <laughs> insulin syringe was a twenty-five gauge insulin syringe. I know. Some days I forget my insulin syringe, and um, they'll have to bring me some of my grandma's, and I put in just half of the syringe needle because they're so long, and I'm like, yeah, they're if long. I put it any and, longer, and ours it's were gonna big. go into my muscle, literally. I mean, ours are th- right now. They're thirty gauge. Yeah. And when I started, they were twenty-fives. Um, and that's a big needle compared to, to a 30. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, so it's, um, it's changed a lot, but yeah, we, um, we would, um, be very proud of everybody that gave their insulin and, you know, it was a big deal because now you are independent. You don't need mommy and daddy to give you your insulin. Yeah. It's embarrassing when you're in elementary and your mom and dad have to go to school to give you your shot because APS doesn't have enough nurses. Yeah. So now you can do it yourself. Yep. Um, you gave yourself your first one at camp? No, no, I gave myself my first one before I left the hospital. Ah. <laughs> so. At camp. Cool. So my where I was diagnosed um, was the hospital, was the teaching hospital related to the camp. Right. So I had a really good diabetes educator. Nice. Um, and the head of the camp, Dr. Silver, was the pediatric endocrinologist at the hospital. So it was pretty much his department. And that's how I got into camp was because he was also my endocrinologist. And so they were like, well, you should go to camp. I'll be Lucky. there. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was very fortunate. And he's, yeah. you know, he was the guy that you went to um, at that time. Um, so it, it, camp mm-hmm. is, camp is the, the one, the single most uh, beneficial experience I've had um, with diabetes being independent it camp taught me at 12 years old to be independent um, so mm-hmm. that, it taught me to be a lot more responsible than my friends yeah um i was because of my diabetes and because of camp i was just a little bit more mature mm-hmm. than my friends right and it showed too when i was hanging out with them um but i had to be that responsible i had to be that mature because right i had to care for myself yeah and everybody's like oh we'll help you we'll help you we'll help you your child gets to a point where 
they need to learn this and they need mm -hmm. to take their own responsibility right. because they will diabetes gives somebody the opportunity to, to be codependent yep sure does and the yep. longer they're codependent the harder it's going to be for them to be mm -hmm. on their own when they come of age right and and at some point they're going to have to be on their own and um you know eventually sorry mom and dad you're going to die um and you know if you've been taking care of your kid that long um they're going to be lost if they don't have somebody following up with them they need to they need to know they need to make their own doctor appointments they need to right. know i need changes to my insulin i need to go see my doctor right they need to know my blood sugar is low my blood sugar is high and right. how to address it right exactly and, and one of the <laughs> things with camp you, know, you were talking about all the activities you did i'm i'm not an active kid I wasn't an active kid i'm not an active mm -hmm. adult um, i'm still a kid but i'm not an active adult um so there were lots of things that I chose to do. I mean, arts, I liked arts and crafts. I liked the theater stuff. Um, you know, uh, I, I liked, like, group games, like dodgeball. and what I, I didn't like dodgeball, sorry. Kickball. I like kickball. <laughs> Team games. Um, but there were all those activities that you liked, like hiking and archery and, you know, the active the, yeah. things. And that teaches you, teaches your child that I can do these things. I can play on teams. Nobody can tell me because I have diabetes that my I blood can't. sugar might drop, so I can't play. You know, look at all the professional athletes now um, that are playing and that are showing their pumps and their CGMs, and you know they're making a big deal out of it now, which is great. You but know, before it was hidden. It was hidden. Yeah, I mean, you had to look hard to find somebody that had diabetes, uh, but now it's it, they're they're putting it out there and showing people, showing uh, I would like to say kids mostly. Mm -hmm. That you could, it's okay. It's okay. You could live your life with it. You could do what you want to do right. with diabetes. Yeah. There's really nothing that your child uh, or you as a young adult, even can't, college age, yeah. there's, there's nothing you can't do. And you have to let them learn yeah. to make the mistakes and to correct them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's probably one of the hardest things I've learned as a parent. You have to... I mean, that's just an everyday life. She's not diabetic. But right. in order for your child to grow and understand diabetes and its complications mm -hmm. and how serious it is, you need to let them be able to make that mistakes right. and figure out with guidance. Yes, you could guide them. Yes, they could call their doctor and get the guidance. Yeah. But ultimately, they need to learn how to live with it and how to handle it. Yeah. When yeah. it's time to go to the hospital, when it's time to check your blood sugar. <laughs> yes, 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 guys. <laughs> it's all funny because I know I'm hard-headed. Um, for those of you in that's listening That's my own land, personal issue, though. I'm hard-headed and we're everything. We're glaring at Tisha for those of in you life. in listening land. <laughs> Y'all know I'm that person that, like, lectures people that should listen to her own lectures, but doesn't yeah I'm that sometimes friend. Tish is a do as I say not as I do kind of person um, but what she says is always important how she does it herself eh, sometimes it's questionable but <laughs> she's here today so she Copy has survived me at your own risk <laughs> I take no responsibility I remember when um pumps first came out and um we had a young lady we only had maybe four kids that had pumps uh, so it wasn't a big a big deal uh, they were very expensive back then. Um, and I remember she got in the pool. And the, the method for um, 
for disconnecting your pump without taking it off completely was to tie a knot in the tubing. Yeah, we didn't have clamps or anything. Um, and so while she was swimming, the knot loosened up. And she dumped in like 20 units of <gasps> insulin. Um, fortunately, the camp was just down the street from a Friendly's ice cream. It That's took a lot of ice three Jim Dandies to get her <laughs> blood sugar back to normal. Jim Dandies, it's like six scoops a of ice cream. A recognized unit. Yes, yeah. yes. Um, there's like six scoops of ice cream, chocolate, pineapple, nuts, whipped cream, cherries, um, sprinkles. Uh, it's Tisha's looking up Jim Dandies right now. Um, it it took like six of them. It was, and we just we just kept going back to friendlies, going, "Okay, we need another Jim Dandy. We need another Jim Dandy." Um, I mean, the docs hadn't seen it before either because it was new. You know that that having that experience and all we could do, fortunately, because now we were in pump technology world, we were also in finger stick world, and so we could constantly check, check her blood her. sugar. Um, but that was a long night. I remember that she was in the infirmary almost all night. Uh, well, we were, I wasn't going to send her back to her cabin. Well, no, 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 I mean we wouldn't have done that, but yeah. you know we we had to get that blood sugar back up. That's uh, crazy. And we learned at that point the, the docs were like, okay, we've got to improvise some clamps. Um, yeah. so that that doesn't happen. Uh, but that was a learning experience. It was a learning experience for us, learning experience for her. You know, she didn't do it intentionally. It's, much as it is a learning, it's kind of like a rite of passage, too. It, it is a rite of passage. Because it's like getting your long acting mixed up with your fast acting, oh God, which yes. happens yes. to a lot of people. And especially if they're both clear. Yeah. Oh, and that was an advantage of NPH was that it was cloudy, and you, you knew the difference between NPH and regular. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I've done that myself. Did you have the koozie for your little NPH holders? I mean the little rubber things? Yeah, koozies. Yes. Well, I don't know what they Those were called. Those are cute. Um, well, yeah. they look like beer koozies, so. Well, I had the um, I had the koozies. little the rubber ones that went over the top and everything. It kind of surrounded it. Yeah, and then it had, like, little lid, little, and then you was, pop it off. No, it didn't have a lid. Mine oh. didn't have a lid. It just had an opening so you could put the syringe oh, in. Oh, nice. But interesting thing, I was on, um, you know, we talked about TU diabetes yeah. last week. And um, so I was, I posted there a regular, and I got an email from a guy one day who said, um, would you happen to have any extra bottles? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got to be a little bit more specific. I said, well, how many, I got some. how many would you like? And he says, well, let me tell you what I need them for. He says, I produce those things, the koozies. Oh. Yeah. Um, and we demonstrate their effectiveness by throwing them against walls. But we don't have enough insulin bottles to demonstrate them because they go to shows and stuff. Yeah. Um, he says, but we don't have enough insulin bottles. So, you know, do you have a few that you could spare? I said, would a thousand help you? He's like, you, you serious? You have a thousand of them? Dude, I've been collecting them since, I don't know. Ever? Right? Yeah, since I first realized that I would like to collect them. <laughs> um, I, he said, well, can I have them? I'll send you a FedEx box. Absolutely. He says, and I'll send you some koozies. Like, Sounds like a deal to me. So I supplied him with a thousand bottles of insulin. Or nice. empty bottles of insulin for him to go around. For a koozie, for, for a an koozie. insulin koozie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want an insulin koozie just to say I have one. Uh, I have one somewhere. I have to find it. You're welcome to it. I don't because I don't use bottles. So. I just wanted to say. I have okay, it. well. Um, so yeah, <laughs> it's just so cool. Um, and he all, I it, love them. It's the same company that makes these 
those rubber wristbands oh, with yeah? the messages on them. Yeah, that's how they started. And then they realized with with printing. The 3D printing. 3D printing. Yeah, that. Did you just Google koozies? I, 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 I was, I was <laughs> dying. I, could, I had no idea what the heck you were talking about. They look like koozies, that. right? So I, in, in my... What, in what universe, man? Because I, you put your insulin in there like you put a beer can in a koozie. So the koozie beer, the beer can koozie is supposed to keep the beer Joy, cold. Joy, the koozie is supposed to protect about. the bottle. It but, protects the bottle too. Have you ever thrown one? I well, I have, but you know, in my <laughs> the fart in the koozie don't break. My forty years, forty plus years of being diabetic, I have never broken a bottle. I've dropped many a bottle. Oh, don't ever break a bottle. Your house well, will smell well, for days. I've Ugh. been around broken bottles, but I have never dropped one and had it break. Uh, so I didn't understand that concept for me <laughs> that they break. I mean, I, like I said, I've been around them. I've seen, yeah. you know, in camp they drop them all the time and they'll break. If they just have to hit just right them to break to break otherwise they'll just bounce and uh, there there has to be like a uh, something in the glass and if you hit that area just yeah, right there's an imperfection and it just shatters breaks, yeah. shatters and yep. then your whole house smells and, for a and, couple of days and Ooh. trevor has experienced the smell of insulin in the in the last podcast yeah 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 so imagine your whole house smelling like that just <laughs> like a house made out of barbie legs yeah, yeah. exactly house made out of barbie, barbie legs. legs yep yep um so yeah, but like I said, I've never dropped one and had a break. And I've dropped it a couple, well, I don't say a couple times, but more than my fair share. Um, for some reason, have dropped them. I'm, so, well, I like the koozies because the they kept my cool. insulin cold. Yeah. While, uh, so, like, I cheered, played basketball, right. like, all that. So, it kept it cold in my mom's purse. Right. Because my insulin had to be cold. Right. Um, or, like, if we were at a family gathering or that was better to have it in the koozie than to store it in somebody's fridge and forget it in their fridge. And then forget it, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, mean, I think they were cool. I, 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 I was them. happy to help the guy, and uh, he gave me a koozie, so that was really kind of cool. And I post in the T1 and be like, is there the koozie guy? <laughs> I might have to go back on my profile and see if I have that email from him. Um, so, you know, that's just that's yeah, another, you know, SOC. I mean, DOC, not SOC, you know, Diabetes Online Community thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he was looking for somebody to help him that had diabetes. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was looking to help diabetics. Um, so that was you know, kind of cool. We hope you enjoyed part two of our three-part camp special. You can contact us at that one type podcast at gmail.com. That's the number one. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.